Remember last time when we got super political on our podcast? Well, get ready for some more politics, and this time we're diving into President Trump's nomination of Barry Lee Myers for the new administrator of NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. What exactly is NOAA? Who is Barry Myers? And why should you care? We'll have insight, a compilation of press reports, opinions from various sides, and our very own insights on the nomination and what it could mean for NOAA and the National Weather Service. It's Min. And it's Castle. And you're listening to Weather Hype, a podcast where we talk about weather, climate, and how it affects you. And today, we're going to dive into the future of NOAA. Now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back No, no, I wasn't always like this Skies cleared soon as my daylight lit Sidewalks dried up, no snow emergency I could take you February and turn it into spring I was born on a storm When I get gone, I get gone And I don't need anyone to know better Put your faith in Hey, man. Hey, Castle. It's like I could actually visualize Almost what you look hear like. You. And I, <laughs> besides being on a phone and having you in my uh, earpiece, yeah, I uh, can actually kind of hear you, or I think I'm imagining it. <laughs> so for those who don't know, I am visiting Athens today, and Woo! I am literally in the same apartment as Castle. However, we couldn't really figure out how to record together, so we are in two different rooms in two different closets with foam padding, and we're cramped inside, trying to record the podcast to make sure it sounds great. This is how I normally record, so you're just getting uh, a treat on what it's like to record in the life of Castle. The life of Castle? Yep. (laughs) You actually have the nice recording studio right now, because that's the one that's Closet one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's outfitted for actual recording. I'm in. And my when he says bedroom. outfitted, what he really means <laughs> is there are cardboard boxes where you put your laptop <laughs> off on, and then there are these foam pads you bought off of Amazon to kind of just like put surround the microphone so it kind of helps yeah. dampen the noise. I mean, it's retrofitted very well. I will say it's really ghetto, and it's like not a real like NPR type of recording <laughs> studio. So if that's what you're imagining, then you are seriously wrong. Keep but... imagining that, please. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to make us feel better about ourselves, um, maybe I'll take a, a selfie later and, and show it. It's actually oh, kind should. of fun looking at this. Uh, we should setup. both get in the same closet and then take a selfie. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Closet selfies. Hashtag, <laughs> eh, maybe not. Um, Find your safe place. There you safe go. Safe place selfie. <laughs> so I guess today we're going to be diving into a little bit of a serious topic about the future of Noah. As we said before, President Trump has been nominating certain people for different positions, and he nominated Barry Lee Myers to be the next leader of NOAA. And so we're going to talk about what NOAA is and all the different agencies that fall under NOAA, and then also dive into some opinions that we've found from other people in the Weather Enterprise, and also some facts and information that we've uh, researched to help inform you guys about who he is and what that could mean for the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration. So, Castle, you want to tell us a little bit about what NOAA exactly is for people who may not be as familiar with it? Sure. So, NOAA is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. It's a mouthful, isn't it? (laughs) So, N-O-A-A, short for NOAA. It basically oversees the National Weather Service and several other kind of weather, climate, coastal, even space weather, I believe. It's any type of atmosphere that you can think of. So the ocean, 
the actual atmosphere that we're in and then space. Yeah, and pretty much what Castle was saying to Noah's mission is to A, understand and predict changes in climate, weather, oceans, and coasts. Secondly, is to share that knowledge and information with others. And third, to conserve and manage coastal and marine ecosystems and resources. And NOAA is in charge of a lot of different agencies. The one that we think of the most is the National Weather Service, because obviously we're in the meteorology world. The National Weather Service is in charge of putting out different types of forecasts for short-term and long-term weather. So that could be you know, the, an hourly forecast for the next few hours or, you know, a longer term uh, forecast that would go out a little bit further, five, 10 days. And also they're in charge of forecasting for what we call hydrometeorology, which is rivers and creeks and streams and, and how those uh, fluctuate with heavy rainfall, flooding and other types of things. So some of the other agencies under NOAA include the National Ocean Service, the Office of Oceanic and Atmospheric Research, the NOAA Marine and Aviation Operations, so they deal more with airplanes and the aviation side of things. And you also have another organization, for example, called the National Environmental Satellite Data and Information Service. And what they do is they provide timely access to global environmental data from satellites and other sources to promote, protect, and enhance the nation's economy, security, environment, and quality of life. Again, kind of a mouthful, but directly from their website. So you can kind of get a breadth of what all NOAA does, and there are so many things, not just weather, but also ecosystems and looking outside of our own planet with satellites that are orbiting that give us a great wealth of information and data so that we can use to improve our life on this planet. So now that we've talked about what exactly NOAA is and all the different capacities that exist within NOAA, um, I think it's time for us to turn to the nominee for NOAA Administrator, which is Barry Myers, and hopefully he we will see more information coming forward about his confirmation hearing soon. But we should kind of understand who Barry Myers exactly is. So if you are not familiar with the name, he is the chief executive officer or the CEO of the private weather forecasting company called AccuWeather since the late uh, since late 2007. So what he does is he examines AccuWeather strategic initiatives, global expansion, um, major business relationships, and different opportunities kind of in the business sector of AccuWeather. He is a native of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, getting his bachelor's in business administration and economics from Penn State, and then went on to become a lawyer. In addition to that, he served as the graduate faculty of Penn State's College of Business, and in 2015, the American Meteorological Society recognized him for some of his work in the private sector and bringing the uh, cooperation together between the private sector and the public sector, aka the government weather services. His brother, Joel Myers, actually founded AccuWeather, so he was working with his brother. So with all that information, he also has a very strong background in business, as you can see, that's a lot of his uh, collegiate uh, teachings and understandings. Um, his supporters, who are really a big advocate for him, say that he'll really bring some great private sector initiatives and work that he's done at AccuWeather into the public sector and into the government. Folks like Ryan Maui, who's currently at the Cato Institute and was originally with the organization Weatherbell, um, he says that Myers will bring that big 
data acumen to NOAA and likely accelerate a process that has been has slowly been underway and more private sector collaboration with satellite data, weather models, and information services. And other folks believe that as well, that his business background can be very helpful in how NOAA moves forward. And so with his nomination, there are a few points that we want to talk about that are a little bit more controversial and potential conflicts of interest. Castle. Sure. And I think it's important to bring up that a lot of the articles that are kind of weighing the pros and cons of this nomination is the various conflicts of interest that are coming up. And I think that's kind of a recurring theme that we're seeing throughout this entire administration. Mm -hmm. We had those conflicts of interest with Trump initially as well and his businesses and how he may profit from being president. So I think it's ironic, but in a sense, it's kind of confirming the route that things are going, that we're continuing to see these conflicts of interest. And anytime people are nominated for any position, you know, they're going to be grilled by the Senate and by Congress to really make sure that these nominees are what's best for the organization. And so you always want to try to bring up all these issues and let the candidate address them directly. And so, you know, a lot of the reports that we've been looking at have been really digging into this matter and the many matters surrounding Barry Lee Myers. So it's important that we talk about them. And then when it comes time to the Senate confirmation hearing, to hear what he has to say in response to uh, some of the data and information that's been pulled up f- about him and his past and how that might affect how he operates if he were to be the no administrator. So back to your initial question, some of these conflicts of interest include um, the National Weather Service Duties Act of 2005, which AccuWeather was kind of a big proponent of, um, which we'll get into more detail about that later in the podcast um, in particular. But basically just a quick bullet about that is Um, They wanted the National Weather Service to, in essence, be a collector of weather information and leave the forecasting to private sector companies. Getting back to your original question about these conflicts of interest, there are several that I'll just quickly bullet point um, and we can kind of get into more detail a little bit later. But AccuWeather was associated with the Rick Santorum bill. It was associated after uh, with using a website called nationalweatherservice.org. Um, which we know is not the actual NWS website, that redirected people to the AccuWeather website. So that was a cause of controversy. The last bullet point is this idea of that there was lobbying going on with AccuWeather for different government organizations. In 2005, there's a statement. So organizations are supposed to disclose the lobbying efforts that they have done you know, for the past year or so. And in 2005, uh, statements show that AccuWeather spent roughly forty grand, forty thousand dollars lobbying the House, Senate, and Commerce Department through the organization called Blank Rome Government Relations on what is quote unquote commercial weather industry issues. Later on, there was also personal donations made to uh, Senator Rick Santorum. He's a Republican senator, or was from Pennsylvania, and. Barry Lee Myers actually personally donated $1,000 to Santorum between 2004 and 2005, and those public records are shown. There are donations being made, and so when you start tracking the political activity surrounding the donations and the timeline of the donations, it's kind of interesting because Castle talked about the National Weather Service Duties Act of 2005. This is a piece of legislation that was put forward and proposed by Senator Rick Santorum of Pennsylvania in April of 2005. And what that legislation proposed was kind of saying, you know, hey, 
the National Weather Service, you guys, the NWS, here's what you should be doing and here's what you shouldn't be doing. Many people felt that this piece of law was supposed was crafted to kind of tie the hands of the NWS and allow them to do what they do without competing against the private sector. And so the National Weather Service Duties Act of 2005 pretty much said that the NWS can prepare and issue weather warnings. And that's what we talk about when we say, you know, the National Weather Service issues a tornado warning or a flash flood warning. Those are still under the jurisdiction of the NWS according to this piece of law that was proposed. They also say that the NWS can issue hydrometeorology products and warnings. So that has to do with the water and the rivers and the riverways. And also the NWS can collect and exchange weather, climate, and water information. So they collect that information and then they are supposed to then disseminate that information to different private sector companies and organizations who will then use that information to communicate that to their clients and to other people. The same piece of legislation then said that the NWS cannot duplicate any private sector responsibilities like issuing weather forecasts. So when you're thinking about the Weather Channel or AccuWeather or any other private sector weather company, they oftentimes will produce a forecast, whether that's on a computer, on a tablet, on your phone, through an app. Those are forecasts. And this Duties Act of 2005 was pretty much saying, well, the NWS shouldn't really focus on forecasts. They should only focus on other things because if they put out their own forecasts, essentially they're competing against the private sector. Why would you look at Weather Channel or AccuWeather when you can look at the National Weather Service website or page and see a forecast? So they didn't really want the NWS to really putting out forecasts anymore. And also... Under this proposed law, the NWS cannot withhold information from the private sector. They must issue weather information and warnings simultaneously so that private sector can retrieve the information at the same time and disseminate the information. So if there's any warning or critical piece of weather information, they have to put it out through certain, let's say, online portals or places where the private sector can retrieve that information immediately and then also disseminate the information and put it out there for people so there was some really strange you know pieces of information in that proposed law and the language was really extreme and vague as well Um, there are phrases like per what the secretary determines in that piece so there was a lot of gray area and anything that didn't seem to have an answer would just say whatever the secretary decides will be what it is And so that really didn't sit well with people, right? Exactly. So this bill had very few supporters and just ended up dying in Congress back in 2005. But I want to bring this kind of idea back to 2017 and talk about some questions that I had while you were kind of reading through this that kind of sparked some thoughts. So I know we kind of talked about this earlier when we were kind of preparing. The big question that I have is, when we're listing out the things that the NWS can and cannot do within that 2005 act, how does that relate back to our partners, like our emergency managers, our broadcast meteorologists, our media, thinking about it in the concept of this 2005 act? Would they have to purchase this information from private sector companies? That's that's a really interesting question because, so for those who don't know, the National Weather Service actually has a lot of 
different partners that they collaborate with to get the information out to you. So when you're watching the local news and you see your meteorologists, they're normally in communication with folks in the local National Weather Service office. Same thing with those emergency managers. So you may not see them day to day, but those emergency managers are in charge of um, daily life activities in your community with regard to anything that is emergency related, but oftentimes weather related. So if you're evacuating from a hurricane, emergency managers will uh, coordinate with the National Weather Service to get information. But Castle, you bring up a great point. If you're privatizing this information and you're not really allow- allowing the National Weather Service to put this information out there for those emergency managers to see or for those local broadcasters to see, then would they have to pay for it? I don't know if there's an answer to that. I think there was some allusion to that potential that this you know, previously free information under the 2005 piece of legislation would then not be public and free anymore. And so these people would have to purchase it. And that becomes somewhat of a public safety issue, right? It does. And I think I'm kind of getting confused on the do's and don'ts of the NWS, but perhaps you can answer this. Would the National Weather Service under this act uh, just provide the observations to anyone that wanted it? But they would not kind of combine it into a forecast and a, like a communication product. That's kind of my understanding in a way, but I don't even know that this information would be like public. Like what kind of information would people get from the NWS that's public facing that wouldn't be a forecast like temperature right. information and stuff you mean or? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's what I'm asking, because I'm wondering if that would kind of influence like emergency managers to have like a meteorologist on staff to interpret that information that they're giving out or like how our enterprise would be different. I'm just thinking through those kind of ideas. Beyond emergency managers, we have other like Department of Transportation, like other government partners that we do a lot of stuff with. And so it just seems like so strange to have an organization within the government and you're not allowed to talk to them about this going on. So just that kind of idea just seems kind of crazy to me. But Well, maybe that's probably why it died in Congress. A lot of representatives probably thought to themselves, well, that might not be the greatest you know, decision right. to make to privatize this information because technically we do have companies out there like AccuWeather Enterprises and they are providing forecasts and weather alerts to their partners and their customers. So I know... For example, there's universities that uh, partner with AccuWeather and pay them to forecast for the university for different functions and events. So perhaps that's one direction that this proposed bill was supposed to kind of push the private sector to take over more and then take the responsibilities away from the public sector. And for me, you know, in working with emergency management offices, you know, I understand how important it is to talk with the NOAA National Weather Service folks, and it's a collaboration, it's a team effort. And I think once you start to privatize things and then things get really, it gets really tricky because then public sector and private sector, their responsibilities are a little bit different, right? So public sector, you're not really, money is not really the incentive. Private sector, I can I can say, I think that money and business and commerce are the biggest part of why they do things. And it's not necessarily public safety. While public safety is incredibly important, and and if you ask anybody in the private sector, they'll tell you private sector is really important. But there's that underlying uh, money issue that I think comes into play. And if you were going to charge local governments and local emergency management offices to look at that information, 
then I think that starts to get really tricky and, and a little bit unfair because it's it should be public information and has been. So when you start, you turn the switch, mm-hmm. things get become private sector and, and privatize. I think there could be a lot of issues with that. Something else that you just said uh, kind of sparked something was that AccuWeather does issue alerts for their clients. And so under this act, it specifically said that NWS can issue weather warnings and those warnings would be shared with the private sector. So Mm -hmm. it makes me think if that would be off limits for the private sector to issue their own warnings. It's hard to look back at 2005 bills that didn't quite make it. But in the current state that we we are in now in 2017, we do know the National Weather Service puts out those flash uh, flood warnings or those tornado warnings and that private sector companies, you know, you're not going to see the Weather Channel on TV put out their own warning and you're not going to see your local broadcaster putting out a warning. But there are certain aspects of the private sector that will put out their own warning and telling them certain things that don't line up with what the government is saying necessarily. So to kind of elaborate on that, let's say there's a tornado warning for a certain part of a county in Georgia. And there's a private sector company who's also putting out a tornado warning, but also changing the shape of the box and the location of it and saying, you know, and kind of detailing the the warning more towards that company. So let's say you own a railroad company and you're looking to the private sector for information and they tell you, okay, between this part of the train track and that part of the train track, the tornado is going to pass through and you need to stop your train so that your trains don't get hit by the tornado. The government warning isn't going to go that specific. It'll tell you the general area. The private sector company will be more specific and more tailored to your needs and what you want. So that's already happening in 2017, even though the public sector, which is the National Weather Service, is already putting out warnings. So I wonder, yeah, you're right. I don't know how that bill would have changed things up, but it's it's interesting to, to note for sure. Yeah, and I think it's important that we, the reason that we're, I don't know if we've said this, but the reason that we're talking about this act, this piece of legislation that died in 2005, is it's kind of something that it appears that AccuWeather and even Barry Myers would be supportive of. And so this kind of thinking may be coming back up um, as we move into 2017 and 2018. And I think that is you know, causing some people to be a little bit worried to push for more private sector focus with the National Weather Service, even though the National Weather Service is a public sector entity and functions um, in certain ways. There are a lot of opinions saying that maybe privatizing things will be uh, be great for efficiency. And there's always that feeling and sentiment that things in the government work very slowly, like things take a long time to finally take place. And the private sector... And nonprofit groups, they have the ability to make things work a little bit more quickly under their own terms and rules. So um, there's a lot of criticism with the government and how they handle things. So that is definitely the case with people who might be saying that the National Weather Service is taking too long to implement certain rules and certain things that are hindering their ability to develop and grow and enhance weather forecasting in our country. There's a lot of people who are saying that. And so if we were to privatize things, those same people would probably be on board with making things private and then also speeding up how we move forward. So speaking of conflicts of interest, there is another one involving the China Meteorological Administration and a private media group called the Huifeng Media Group. 
so there is a quote within the National Weather Service union letter that they actually just sent to the committee that's trying to confirm Barry Myers' nomination. And it's this is the quote. This joint venture is the only company sanctioned by the meteorological law of China to distribute the China Meteorological Administration's weather information and forecasts via AccuWeather. He is literally in business with the Chinese government. End quote. So, Ben, can you tell us more (laughs) about the China ordeal and provide us some more background on it? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, so the NWS union represents the National Weather Service employees, though I'm not sure to what capacity and if they are the the official voice of the NWS uh, employees, but I think they are. So those are some really strong words. They already oppose Barry Lee Myers for nomination, if you haven't already gotten the gist of, of what they're saying. But the quote at the very bottom where you're saying, he is literally in business with the Chinese government. Literally. Literally. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, in, in 2015, AccuWeather teamed up with the Huifeng Media Group, and they're going to help that group in China under the authority of the China Meteorological Administration to, quote unquote, form a unique one-of-a-kind joint venture of the distribution of enhanced weather information in China. This is from an AccuWeather press release, by the way, which continues and says, The partnership expands AccuWeather's forecast locations and offers people throughout China enhanced weather forecasts of many kinds never before available in China. So, Barely Myers is then quoted in that same press release saying, AccuWeather is pleased to introduce a groundbreaking endeavor with China to serve the China market. And so, AccuWeather is definitely jumping into different, uh, a different market completely in Asia to expand their operations. And, you know, let's just be fair as well and say that they're not the only private sector weather company to expand in other countries. Uh, the Weather Channel also has a presence in China as well, though to be fair to them, their spokesperson said their uh, role in China and their what they're doing over there is nowhere near the size of the scope of what AccuWeather is doing. But it gets really interesting because then AccuWeather is working with the Chinese government to provide weather forecasts. And there is a conflict of interest then to say that the CEO or former CEO, I'm assuming, is he going to step down? That, that's kind of a big question I just didn't even think about. I think I've heard rumors that he will be stepping okay. down. Okay, so. gotcha. So, I mean, that could be a huge conflict of interest to be working with, you know, the American weather uh, associations and groups and then also be in working with China as well. It gets kind of muddy, kind of muddy if you yeah. will. And Another part of that, too, that gets it even more of a conflict of interest is that in 2014, there were actually Chinese hackers who breached into the United States and the weather network. That hack then was denied by China. China said it never uh, authorized any cyber attack on the United States and, and our National Weather Service and NOAA entities. And, you know, people were kind of freaking out a little bit about that. NOAA in 2014 did confirm to a representative in Virginia Representative Frank Wolf, that China was indeed responsible for the hacking. And what that hacking did was it actually knocked down satellite imagery availability and it made it um, put it offline so people weren't able to access some important wow. data. And also the national uh, NOAA's National Ice Center website was down for a week. And also long-range forecasts were affected <laughs> because they were... Yeah, it's weird. Things like that. So this hacking was actually a really big deal. 
And there was some discussion and some blame about why it took so long for the acknowledgement of the hacking and the hacking by China to be brought forward to those lawmakers and people because they people were complaining they didn't find out for a long time afterwards that there was a hacking at all and that it was China behind it according to what Noah was saying. So I guess a lot of people were kind of curious to see how Mm -hmm. Barely Myers working with AccuWeather and then AccuWeather working with China and then China having hacked the United States and our weather services, how all of that could be potentially intertwined. I think those are fair questions, but this kind of stuff, like you said earlier, has seemed to be something that we've been talking about with a lot of this administration's nominations and you know are we being a little bit unfair in how we bring it up i don't really know all i know is this is the information that i'm researching and you're researching and we're finding out whether or not fair or unfair i think it's fair enough to bring it up to the nominee for them to address for sure i think that's part of it you can't have a, a softball kind of nomination hearing you need to have the tough questions asked of you to make sure you're right for the job Yeah, that's a very good point, whether we're scrutinizing more or maybe we have access to more information or we're searching for more information or um, all those things are definitely viable options for why we're finding all these conflicts of interest. But when you think about it, like if I was a politician and I I would want to be like transparent up front and be like, pull out all the conflicts of interest, just lay them out on the table and be like, Mm -hmm. this is where, yes, I want to do this job, but this is where all the the tiny cracks of where like who I am and who I do business with may have an impact on our government. Sure. Um, yeah. So to me, when people don't directly lay it out, it just seems a little suspicious, but yeah. I can understand, especially when you have kind of this business track record that Barry Myers does that he's done business for a long time. So he may not even remember all these things that he's, you know, had to deal with and yeah, potential maybe. conflicts of interest in his past. And, you know, so the there's an annual meeting that we all go to, the American Meteorological Society uh, Conference, and there was one in January of this year in Seattle, and Barry Lee Myers actually was a panelist on a panel discussion talking about the future of NOAA, mm-hmm. and at that time, there were rumors that he would potentially be a nominee by the Trump administration to lead NOAA. So there are some tough questions being asked by those in the, in the audience saying, you know, you you have a track record for boosting the private sector and have been in uh, a lot of conflicts with the National Weather Service. You know, how do you plan to move forward? And I was actually at that session and several other people, well, actually the room was packed, so probably 100 or 200 people. And we all could see that he wasn't really answering questions directly. Mm. And maybe he really didn't have an answer at the time. But he was saying stuff like, you know, weather safety and public safety is of the utmost importance to me, whether that's private sector or public sector. So I think that's something we can all agree on, that it's personal safety of everybody in this country with regard to extreme weather that we all care about at the end of the day. And, you know, there's some other... Uh, post from that session in uh, Seattle that we can link you to. I know our friend Dakota, he actually live tweeted that whole entire panel. And so has a thread on Twitter uh, quoting different things that Barry Lee Myers was saying and also what audience members were asking about him directly. So we'll link that to you there. And that's the only personal experience I've had with uh, Mr. Myers. So that's all I can really say on that perspective. But I thought it was interesting to look at. 
Yeah, I was hoping that they would have recorded that session because it was such a impactful and important sure. thing to think about our future. But unfortunately, they didn't. Otherwise, yeah. it would be a great kind of link and conversation piece to give out to everyone. And Castle, there are not just Barry Lee Myers who will be the face of the future of Noah, but there are also other people as well that have been nominated. And I don't know, have they been confirmed yet or have they not? So the two assistant secretaries are Rear Admiral Timothy Gallaudet who is the one that has actually been confirmed. And the other nomination is Neil Jacobs, who is a chief atmospheric scientist at Panasonic Avionics Corporation. And so he still also needs to go through a confirmation hearing similar to Barry Myers. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so Gallaudet's confirmation, it sailed through the Senate. The Senate, there were, um, everyone was extremely excited about this appointment and this nomination because he has done like a outstanding service for our country as well as he is well regarded in thinking through environmental science and other aspects that are clearly relevant to NOAA and I think are a really good balance to what Barry Myers potentially brings. The second nominee which is Neil Jacobs he does a lot of modeling stuff with Panasonic and has at certain conferences and at different Senate committees explained how the Panasonic model is a lot better, performs better than the National Weather Service or the NOAA models. And so I think his appointment could bring some more work, I guess, into the modeling of NOAA and the National Weather Service and thinking through how we can improve our modeling systems. Interesting. I never even knew about Gallaudet's nomination and hearing and confirmation. And then I guess only have really been hearing about this ever since President Trump nominated uh, Barry Myers. So uh, right. I don't know if I'm not paying attention, but I, I feel like each is equally in, in important for us to know about. But, you know, now that we do know about Barry Myers, we can pay attention and, and really watch that confirmation hearing and see how, uh, how it goes for sure. Yeah, and as far as the schedule, because we want to make sure everyone knows when the confirmation hearing is happening, it's not currently scheduled, but based on if we think through Rear Admiral Timothy Gallaudet's confirmation hearing, he was nominated a month prior to his confirmation. So if we think through that, Barry Myers and Neil Jacobs were both nominated like October 11th or October 12th. Okay. And so maybe early November, uh, there will be some sort of hearing that we could actually watch and we can continue to post that information on our Twitter as it becomes available. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of feelings about these nominations, both good and bad. And we could talk about them for uh, quite a while. There are a lot of people out there in the weather world who um, feel very strongly one way or the other. So we'll link you to a lot of articles and uh, some of the research that we use to kind of inform what we were going to talk about today on the podcast. And that way you can kind of make an informed decision. You're not going to vote for them, obviously, but you can make an informed sentiment opinion. in your mind, an opinion. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't come up with that word. <laughs> opinion of how you feel about this. And, you know, when there are Senate confirmation hearings, you can reach out to your senator, your local senator who represents you and say, I approve or I disapprove. And that way you can make your voice heard and be part of the process as well. Even though you don't get to vote, you get to let your elected officials know how you feel, and those things really do matter. So if you want, you can certainly look up the senator that represents you, and then talk to them, send them an email, or give them a phone call, and let them know how you feel. Exactly. This this whole podcast is us giving you the information that you may need in order to 
kind of think through this idea. So we don't want, we want to provide you with different ways to kind of use your opinion um, and not necessarily feel frozen or stuck um, after hearing all this information. So you have your right to speak to your representative. So make sure you do that if this is important to you. So normally, yes, we will transition into some fun stuff. So we talked a lot about the Noah and the politics and Barry and everything else. Let's kind of unwind a little bit, shall we? <laughs> shall we? Question mark. Shall we? We shall. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's kind of weird because I feel like I should just be sitting in the same room with you, but I, know, I can't so be. sad. I was telling you, I really do feel like we're, I'm Elsa and you're Anna or vice versa. And we're like outside the door and we don't see each other, but we're in the same home. I feel like you're not here, honestly. I feel like I sense your presence around me. Oh. It's kind of like that Hocus Pocus, <gasps> or not Hocus Pocus, no, Halloween, like Halloween Town. Town. Halloween Town, when we watched it yesterday. She so the, She was trying to get the, the books back. <laughs> you just have that feeling. Dude, th- hopefully you guys know what Halloween Town is and we don't sound like weirdos. If you but... don't, educate yourself. <laughs> so halloween town was disney channel used to put out those great original movies and halloween town and the sequel and the third movie and the fourth movie movie came out um those are part of our childhoods and it's mid-october it's still really hot excuse me i just burped Ooh, i had really good uh (laughs) breakfast lunch today with castle shout out to mama's boy the best southern breakfast a human could get yeah, so Halloween Town helps to put it in the spirit. We're going to go to a pumpkin patch and a corn maze today just to really get into it. Um, I'm really waiting for that cold weather, and it's actually going to come after the cold front comes through on Monday. But it just needs to be a little bit cooler. It's almost November, and we're still dealing with 80s. I cannot even. Yeah, it doesn't even feel like fall because of that. And October is my favorite month, so. I mean, the leaves aren't even changing. They're just either green or they're dying yeah they're just falling (laughs) (laughs) it's so sad but yeah so it's been great being here in athens i haven't been back in a little bit over two years two and a half years i think so just visiting campus and walking around and getting all nostalgic about all the fun places i used to go to and all the fun people i used to see um but yeah it's part of my little road trip and then i'll be meandering back to georgia or savannah where i live (laughs) Staying there for a couple months. You're already and enjoying, enjoying my time. PS. Yeah, I kind of forget. <laughs> well, actually, it's a constant reminder when I step outside. I'm like, oh, yep, back in Georgia. <laughs> um, also, there was an article that I saw that there was a representative in Georgia who said that we should quarantine those with HIV mm, yes. from Georgia. And I just thought, welcome home. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't even, I don't even understand. Anyway, all right, I promise no more politics. So, uh, <laughs> you, what's what's been going on with you prior to me getting uh, here? And how has your life changed since I arrived here? Oh, that's a really hard question. It's not um, hard. That should be first, an easy question. The first part of the question was my friend Chris visited last weekend. Mm-hmm. So, I'm actually doing repeat restaurants with you, the same ones that I did with him. Sorry that's about it. Because they're great. Yes, they are. Um, so we had fun. I showed him around Athens and kind of gave him the bulldog spirit, even though I don't really have that, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) he came for a game. Yeah. He came for a game. 
the Mizzou game because he went there for undergrad. And so we went to a ta- tailgate party with a bunch of the geography grad students and he got to meet my friends and cool. uh, hang out. And yeah, we just walked around and showed him the campus and had good food. And we had to wait in line at every restaurant, which I told him wasn't normal, but I guess if you go to the good places, it is normal. If you go to the good places. I mean, Mama's Boy. So today we waited for, what, half an hour? You said yeah, you waited an hour last week Yeah. on a football day. It was so a football day, so it's crazy. It's normally busy. between half an hour and an hour, I think, that you have to wait there. But, I mean, the wait's totally worth it. And it's a Athens tradition, so you got to show them the good ones, man. You can't go to the you can't go to Zaxby's all the time. <laughs> I wish I would go to Zaxby's all the time, actually. I'm actually craving no. Zaxby's right now. We I'm just ate. Again. We just I'm, ate. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat some food before we go to the corn maze later today. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Maybe we should get something to eat after the corn maze. Oh, I'll be down for that, too. Because there's a Zaxby's on the way back through. Ooh, boy, don't be playing with me now. We can do that. Um, okay. Other than that, the second part of the I don't question, even remember what I said. <laughs> um, I have been waiting in anticipation all week for you to arrive. Um, the week felt shorter because I knew that Thursday was going to be my Friday but it actually wasn't. Um, <laughs> oh, Lord. Because I figured we were going to do stuff on Friday, but you made me go to school and do work, so... Sorry about it. I didn't I, make you do anything. You did. I was False. held hostage in my office for... There was nothing keeping you there for except the for yourself. Entire day. We went to Panda Express. That was cool. <gasps> my favorite. <laughs> All right. Someone needs to culture this boy. There's some better Chinese food No, I love other... Like, I don't even consider... That's like American food. Like... I don't even consider it. Orange chicken. It's yeah. actually really good, though. It's so good. And it's so, I mean, like, it's cost efficient. And that's what's so good about it. You've Have you seen the BuzzFeed video where Chinese parents eat Panda Express for the first time? <gasps> they actually no, like it. I it's so funny. To. They actually like it. The, the, um, the kids are, like, attacking it, like, oh, this is terrible. And the parents are like, this is actually pretty good. It's not do authentic. They, do they tell them good. it's Panda Express or do they just they say, do. like, try no, this they do. random food? They, okay. they tell them it's Panda Express. But then sometimes they're like, wow, these noodles are actually pretty close to what I eat at home. And, and the kids oh. are like, what? Because, <laughs> you know, so I'm not downing you for that. I do actually like Panda Express, but um, this no, is weird because I, like I feel like people. Asian food too. Okay, good. Like Thai food, Vietnamese food. Yes, mm, Indian food. It's that good, good. I haven't had fun forever. Forget about it. Let's go get some pho. Let's get pho. It's a up. good fall food too. It is when it's cool. It's mm-hmm. like eighty degrees, so a little too warm now, personally. Yeah. But if you don't mind sweating out the pho from your skin. <laughs> um. But other than that, I we've just been having fun and hanging out. Yo, uh, we haven't really talked about TV shows in a while. What TV shows are you currently watching? We haven't. I haven't watched hardly any this week, and it's putting me into DTs. Um. What's but, that? What DTs? What's, yeah. Um. It's like. I don't, I, this is, sounds bad, but like when people don't get drugs, they like shake and stuff. Um, so you're getting withdrawal symptoms from not yes, watching TV? Yes. But what Liter- does DT stand for? Literally. I don't know. That's what I was just wondering. My parents used to always say it. Hmm. That's interesting. Detox? <laughs> oh, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. They just always used to say, what, are you going into DTs? Like, you know, like sarcastically. That's so strange. Um, it's like they expect you to do drugs. Yeah. They expect me to do drugs. Um, (laughs) TV shows. I just started Will and Grace. Cool. Because they did the reboot recently and I was like, Hmm, maybe I should try out the show and they're all on Hulu. So, I mean, I was, I'm there. Um, (laughs) 
You can find me on Hulu in a variety of places. Okay, calm um, down. <laughs> I am watching The Arrow off and on. What season um, are you in now? Three. Are you still invested in it? I am still invested in it. Okay. Um, I haven't watched it in a while, though, because American Horror Story, the new, the last season just came on Netflix. So I've been watching that, which is also really weird. I wouldn't <laughs> suggest it. I'm watching the newest season of, of American Horror Story. I'm watching all of, thank God it's Thursday, Shonda Rhimes. Mm-hmm. I'm watching The Mindy Project. Okay. Like Gosh, one. I feel like I'm not watching all anything. the housewives, obviously. Orange County, Dallas, New Jersey. Hit yeah. me up on Twitter if you want to talk about him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. That sounds okay. like a lot now that I've laid it all out. On the table. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, but you need to distress when you're going to school all day and you have a lot of work. Preach. You go home and you're really good. You're good at separating I'm uh, school and, and home. So that's really important. So you do you keep doing it. Whatever plus, makes you I've, happy. Plus, I'm still reading my book club book from the last time when I told you I hadn't gotten Commonwealth? it. Commonwealth? Yes, I've gotten cool. it now. I'm about halfway through. Good. When's good. the actual date when you have to all November convene? 1st. All right, November 1st. So you got a little bit it's over a week. It's currently October 21st. So you got about 10 days. Yeah. Which Boom. Psh, can totally do it, even though this week is going to be crazy. Um, <laughs> but I'll figure it out. It's really good. Uh, it's kind of jumping around. I'm not really liking the writing style per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think because the last few books I've been reading, they bounce between point of views between chapters. Oh, that seems to be like a common like writing style in young adult. Yeah. Um, but this one changes perspectives within like within paragraphs, and it's just really confusing to me. Um, so like you'll talk, two people will be talking in one minute you're in their head and the other minute you're in like the other person's head. Oh. And so it's just kind of confusing to me. Um, how edgy. <laughs> yeah. How edgy and prack it. Um, <laughs> uh, other than that, what have you been up to? Your travels? Anything? Yeah, no, I was visiting. So last time I recorded, I think. You, gave I us, in... you graced us with the ghost stories. That's right. So I was in Maine for that recording and then made my way down from Maine to Boston, hung out there and went to a Renaissance fair. Never been to one before. And it was Harry Potter themed for the (gasps) weekend. It was called King Richard's Fair. So that was really actually pretty cool. The, you know, you think about like people dressed in like medieval attire, Mm -hmm. you have the jousting and the knights, but also you had like witches and wizards, which were kind of odd. And also people dressed as pirates. That was kind of bizarre. Pirates I don't really understand. Potter? Well, I guess it was like you can still dress up as like a medieval fair character. And uh, also if you want to do Harry Potter, you can. Or you can be like a muggle like me and just like dress as nothing. <laughs> but I was just kind of confused the whole time because I was like, I don't understand how pirates and fairies and then witches and wizards and then knights, they all kind Maybe of come it was together. like a Halloween thing. Well, people say that you dress up. You, like a uh, renaissance fair, no matter what time of the year, is a good excuse to dress up in whatever you're right. going to wear for Halloween. So people just were like, I'm just going to dress up like this or that. So I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. So maybe it's um, just an expression you can express like however yeah. you see yourself or want to portray yourself. Yeah. But the overlying theme, I guess, is a renaissance fair. But that was actually pretty cool. They had this big cat show where they had like lions and tigers come out and stuff. Bears. Oh, my. 
Yeah, right. Um, which I was kind of weirded about because I didn't know how I felt about like captive animals being used for a show, but they weren't really used for a show. Mm. They kind of displayed what the cat can do, like jump and oh, sit okay. and then like that kind of stuff. And they're uh, asking for donations for conservation oh, and to help nice. educate people. So that was actually really good. Um, and they had some other cool stuff too. But then I meandered back down to New York for like two days and hung out there and caught up with a few friends and then made my way back down to Virginia with my friends, then North Carolina to visit some with of my grad friends. student people with my friends, <laughs> and then now I'm in Athens, and then going to head friends. home with my friends, and then Savannah, and then going to hang out there for a little while, and then look for jobs, and travel some more, because why not? Why not? But, um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I haven't really watched too much TV, but I have been watching... I have one episode of Parks and Rec left, the very last <gasps> episode I'm saving. Oh, my gosh. It's actually going to expire on my net, uh, my Netflix pretty soon, so I need to watch it. Also, I need, I've been watching Supergirl and The Flash. They've come back on CW, but there are a lot of shows I need to catch up on. CW has put out all their new shows starting, I think, two weeks ago. So Crazy Ex-Girlfriend... I need to catch up on, and Le- uh, Legends of Tomorrow I need to catch up on. Mm-hmm. And also, the show I saw one point on Hulu, I think, was um, The Good Life. And that is about uh, the main character dying, and then you are either brought the to good the good place. Oh, The Good Place. I'm sorry, not The Good Life, The Good Place. Okay, either go to you. The Good Place or The Bad Place. <laughs> Shut up. Um, Kristen Bell? So, Kristen Bell, who is great, and Amazing. she was the Fantastic. voice of... Um, Anna in Frozen and loves sloths. Yes. <laughs> I can't say that word very well. So when you die, you either go to the good place or the bad place. And that's, you know, theoretically heaven or hell. And she gets sent up to the good place. And they kind of read off everything she's done to that. She That's why she deserves to be in the good place. But then she realizes it's actually all those things that they read off about her are not actually about her. They're like, yeah, you were doing really good stuff with a charity work in Africa and you helped the homeless and blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, that's me. And then they left and she's like, actually, that's not me at all. I'm a terrible <laughs> person. I'm a terrible human being. Yep. And so it's kind of uh, that kind of stuff. I watched the pilot and I'm obsessed already, obsessed already. So I would love to watch it again and continue watching it. I was afraid that it was only going to be one season because of the finale. Oh, really? It was like crazy, like flipped hmm. my world upside down all right so, so i was you're getting I was concerned yeah i was concerned that it was going to end because they kind of gave away like the entire show but I how many episodes are in the first season 12 maybe oh that's pretty short then when we were talking about disney channel earlier that's the raven that show we always watch mm-hmm. i actually watched the pilot episode of the new spinoff to that's the raven which is called raven's home where raven simone comes back and she's the mom of two kids and then her friend in the show chelsea daniels is a mom as well and they live together and they have a bunch of fun oh, um, this is like psychic stuff kind of wait do they, are that. the kids psychic i mean you have to watch uh, i think you can just tell us that okay fine one of them is okay yeah. Thank you. So it's actually really funny. And I it kind of brought back the same feelings and laughs you get when you're watching That's So Raven. So if you were so a big fan of That's So Raven and, and the DCOM original shows, then give it a shot. I just pulled up on YouTube. <laughs> it's, there's a full episode on YouTube. You can watch to see if you like it. But yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. You want to do song of the week, by the way? Yeah, we can. All right. What's your song of the week? I'm pulling it up. 
Well, I can do it if you want. Okay, I just kind of picked it out. So <laughs> gorgeous by Taylor. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> oh, oh snap! Uh, so I only heard it yesterday because that's when it came out, and it's ugh. I hate how she just knows how to make something super catchy. Catchy, it's catchy. it's good. It we don't it's know who. Good. Okay, so the internet who is gorgeous. Is, Tell yeah, us. Yeah, there's a big mystery behind who she's referring to because the song's like you're so gorgeous and you're like who are you talking about in the song lyrics are kind of like i can't have you i can't say stuff in front of you i really want you you're so pretty but i can't so we're all wondering who it could be i at first when i heard it, i was like oh calvin harris of course but i was like no wait no. a minute you already dated him and you already wrote a song about him is what you told me yes ready so for no and then i saw on the internet internet it might be tom hiddleston who plays loki no. in thor she talked to him though yeah, exactly. So he's she's talked to him, and they've been related somehow in some romantic way. So who knows who it could be? I'm sure she'll, you know, maybe let us all know. The, maybe it's the guy that she did the slam and screen door song. Our song is a slam and screen door. Our song? song is a slam and screen door. Sleeping out late, late and tapping on your window. window. Yeah. Oh man, Ta- country Taylor Swift. Those are the good old days. <laughs> I like how we really went country when we sang that. Because <laughs> <laughs> she had that same thing. Like, I know. Um, anyway, so yeah, listen to it. And you can also jump on the mystery bandwagon of who is she referring to? Castle, what is Thou Song of the Week? Uh, my song of the week is How Long by Charlie Puth. Hmm. Um, it's really good. <laughs> he... He like clears his throat or like laughs at the. Oh, you love the you the love the clearing part. the throat thing. Like, <clears throat> love excuse it, me, but his is different. It's like, <laughs> no, he's like, he's like Hello. okay, cool. He like whispers like, okay, cool, or something mm. weird like that. Um, but is it's, he dissing somebody? I don't know. That's I'm trying to figure out the song. Still, it's a lot. It's about like someone, either him or someone creeping on him. He mm. uses the word creep in like sketch, and. I'm all about that. Interesting, Charlie. Um, Interesting. So I'm still trying to figure out exactly who he's talking about or being talked about from someone else's perspective. But mm. I don't know. I like it. Check it out. It's, it's not as controversial as Gorgeous, obviously, but equally as good. Um, so I need to go to the restroom at some point. So let's wrap this up, shall we? Ugh, I, that's a great note to end on. I mean, everybody <laughs> needs to know. We all can relate. I think that... Everybody poops. <laughs> that's a book that people put in their bathroom, too. I know. Which is weird to me, because I'm like, I don't feel like reading about poop while I'm pooping, because I don't... <laughs> again, I don't sit on the toilet for that long. I'm trying to get in and out. <laughs> anyway. Hey, that's a restaurant name. Everybody poops? No, in and out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh... Lord. All right. So... Thanks for joining us, everybody. You can find us in a variety of places, including facebook.com slash weatherhype and weatherhypepodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at weatherhype, both words, weather and hype, or you can send us an email at weatherhype at gmail.com. We would love you to review us on iTunes or your Android uh, podcast app, so feel free to do that. It means a lot to us, and we can definitely take that feedback and work on how we can improve our podcast. So... Please take a moment to do that if you haven't already. Or just give us the five stars. We don't really care. <laughs> Actually, we do care. But, you know, constructive criticism. We're good at that. So far, we've gotten rave reviews. 
just rave rave we're just topping the charts not really what charts we're not even on a chart we are on the chart if you do we're weather on the weather space. top weather top 100 podcast we're like, chart. yeah Ooh, we're in the top 100 I like the way that sounds <laughs> in the world weather rising oh <laughs> weather parcel rising oh okay name. <laughs> <sighs> all right now i really gotta go so until next time and i gotta go <laughs> Say until, next, until time. next time thank Sorry. you stay, stay hyped, hyped. That was me imitating a flashlighting noise. Also, can we just say really quickly that that song Thunder by Imagine Dragons is so... I totally want that in our podcast, but we can't afford it, I'm pretty sure. Do you think we can contact them and say, Hey, we're a humble weather podcast. We'd like to use your music with all credit to you. Why do you like it so much? Thunder. That's my question. Th- thunder. Clap, clap, clap. Lightning never thunder. Thunder. Thunder? <laughs> I don't know. I like it. It sounds good. It just it just says thunder like a million times. Well, it's referring to a weather phenomenon, and we are a weather podcast and lifestyle podcast in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just figured <laughs> I as well do a it. A weather lifestyle podcast. There you go. We should rebrand. We're not weather, climate, and how it affects you. Weather and lifestyles. Your weather lifestyle. Your weather lifestyle podcast. (laughs) That sounds really cool, actually. Maybe we should. That'll be next season. How about that? We always rebrand every season. That's true. There you go. I mean, it's hard to not say slam and screen door. Slam and screen door. But maybe that's and you, Mama talk real slow. Isn't that how it goes? Yeah. Our song. It's late and your mama don't know. And your mama don't know. Yeah. Is she from? Where is she from? Nashville? Question is mark? Is she? Okay. Question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord.